Good afternoon. Thank you once again for joining me. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, we've got a couple of our Harvard business tips. This one's talking about stop underestimating your own influence. A very interesting one. We're also chatting with Christina Sikiotis with our Minute on Innovation. We're going to look at some unique and zany products that are coming out at the moment. But right now, we're going to have a chat with Julie Ring from the Ability Group about some things employers should know about workers' compensation changes. Good afternoon, Julie. Hi, Julian. Thanks for joining us again. So uh, we we spoke a few weeks ago, and uh, we spoke about some of the major changes that had been announced that were taking effect. Can you tell us uh, how the recent premium changes in New South Wales have now had an impact on businesses? Yes, thank you, Julian. Um, these changes have been in place for about four months now, and um, as I said last time, it was the biggest change I'd seen in the last 25 years that I've seen in Workers' Comp. And WorkCover announced the premium changes only four days before they were due to be implemented. So mm. um, they they sent out the new Gazette on the 26th of June, and, and a lot of the clients were due around the 30th of June, so they only had a, a couple of days to prepare for change. Um, and to add more to the confusion, there were serious delays in the processing and even a complete stop for a long period of time until all the systems at the insurers could be ready to, to process uh, invoices and payments. Uh, so what that means is many businesses have still not been processed by the insurers and we're now four months later and some of them don't even have their premium invoices as yet and I think what worries me the most is that if they've got a significant increase uh, they probably don't know about it and they're probably only going to find out about it in the next couple of weeks because they've only just started processing them. So, I mean, obviously, uh, four days to change a whole big system, especially with those insurers, is is a challenge. Can you explain why there has been these significant delays and when businesses will start to receive those premium notices? Well, yeah, well, the delays have mainly been caused by the urgent changes to the premium formula. So these changes were gazetted, as I said, on the 26th, and um, we received the insurance premiums order, and, and from there, all the insurers... Uh, we're required to update the system. So that's the main reason that the delay has been in place. Mm. Um, it's created a significant workload and now a backlog. And um, obviously one of the, the main things is IT, isn't it? The technology systems to be able to process these things and put them in. So we're experiencing extensive backlogs. Um, there's also some issues with the document printing um, at a printing house. So it was overloaded and oh. also caused delays. Um so due to all these issues, many of the insurers are struggling to respond to clients and, and deliver any answers around what um, what time at what time people are going to be getting their documents. So um, it could be pretty much around this month, and we're hoping that they're going to start processing full steam ahead this month. So, so can a business request a review or seek assistance if their premiums have increased significantly? You mentioned increases. Yes, we, we have been advised by insurers that about 75% of businesses will see an increase and um, I guess in short, yes, you, you can seek a review or assistance around it and what WorkCover has done is um, put in place a capping of 30% based on your last year's adjustment. 
So if you're eligible for that capping, um, you need to speak with your insurer so that they can apply for you and that way they're trying to, I suppose, minimise the impact of the change of this formula. So what they're saying is we don't want your premium to increase more than 30%. Um, look, there are some caveats around that just to make sure look, if you've had lots of claims or your wages have increased, then you wouldn't be entitled to that yeah. to that capping. Yeah, but essentially, yes, there there is... It is worth seeking a review or seeking assistance. Mm. So it obviously relates to that new formula. And just, and just before we talk a bit about the formula, we do need to be aware that it is the larger businesses that are affected, aren't it? It's not the, the very small businesses. No, that's right. It's, it's for businesses whose premium is over $30,000. Mm. Um, they're the ones that are being calculated through the formula. So because they're over 30,000, they're deemed to be a medium-sized business and um, that's a work cover definition only. And that definition means that they've got to go through a formula which includes claims and wages and their history over the last three years. Um, and, and that formula compares them, I guess. Um, the new One of the main changes is it compares them to the entire scheme and not the industry that they are in, which is what it used to do previously. So uh, so what impact is this new formula going to really have? Well, I think the greatest impact it, it, it is going to have is mainly the fact is the confusion around what is it that I'm being charged for and 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 the major change that it had it has had is the way that it is being claims are being calculated. So I guess um in the old in the old formula, you used to use um, all of your claims costs. So if you had a claims cost of thirty thousand dollars, and it included medicals and physio and various other things, the whole cost was included in your cost of claim for calculation. Now it's only going to include the wages lost. So it's very important for employers paying above thirty thousand to have people back at work and to be able to reduce the time lost for that injured worker so that the cost of the claim is significantly reduced for them. Um, and what we're saying is the higher the wages spent on a claim, the more impact it's having in the client's premium. So it's basically it's related to time lost now rather than the total cost. That's right. That's exactly right. So if people are concerned, obviously the, uh, the step is to talk to their broker or their insurer. Absolutely, and if they're having service issues with their insurer, the brokers are probably better to be able to um, get through to somebody who can answer their question. Certainly sounds like a bit of a, a dog's dinner there with uh, <laughs> giving people four days' notice to change systems. Yes, absolutely. It has been a very difficult time, and um, we've all been very, very busy trying to work out what it all means for, for businesses. I thought you were going to say we've all been very stressed. Yes, well, yes, that too. <laughs> that comes with it. Great. Well, thanks for your time again, Julie, and we'll have a chat with you another time on Workers' okay. Comp. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Julie Ring there from the Ability Group. What a what a challenge there. Eh? Four days' notice to change systems is uh, probably a little bit of a challenge, but uh, if you're one of these people who uh, haven't paid your workers' compensation yet or you haven't received your renewal notices, now's the time to start talking to your insurer just to make sure that you are still complying. You're listening to Business, the Law and You on 2NURFM 103.7. It's 22 minutes past one. 
time to pop over to Christina Sikiatis for some innovation. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. So uh, that's an interesting introduction to our subject today because obviously people in the past have seen uh, going up into the roof and they've created ladders that actually drop down from the roof. We're going to talk about some unique and zany products that uh, maybe uh, people have seen ideas for. That's right, and things that are useful. So just like the ladder coming down from the roof, which was useful, um, we've also got a self-stirring mug. So I don't know, I think you're a bit like me, Julian. I think, I, I think I'm pretty sure that I drink cappuccino because it's really frothy. Froth. And it has chocolate, yeah, the froth and the chocolate on the top, I must admit. Um, yep. And this self-stirring mug continually stirs itself. So Does it keep putting the chocolate back on the top, though? I don't know. I think I need to invent something to go on top of that. So, but I, I can see that if there's a bit of momentum happening in the in the swirling, that it may not be too difficult to get something to drop drop some chocolate on it as well. But the coffee remains frothy until the last drop, and you don't need a spoon because it's actually a self-stirring mug. Wow. Another thing that I came across that I thought was quite interesting was balcony bridge planters. Yeah. So what they are is a pot, but it's got a gap in the middle so that you can hang it over your balcony. Um, so it's got that split where the balcony, you know, the balcony yes. wall can fit and you can have pots all along your balcony. Another interesting um, example is a, what they've called a BioLite camping stove. So you're, you can charge your phone on the battery that is fueled by the stove as it heats and burns the wood. Wow. So you can be out in the middle of nowhere um, and you can have uh, your mobile phone charging because, as we know, if you're in the middle of the nowhere, uh, middle of nowhere you probably don't have electricity. You probably don't have reception either, though. You probably <laughs> don't have reception, but at least we can keep our phone charged. Well, you can still play um, games on it, though. That's true. And if you're camping with children, which most people are these <laughs> days, although you know what, we don't really want it, do we? We want them no. to enjoy the outdoors anyway. Exactly. Um, blinkers for your bicycle, I thought was a sensational idea, and I'm not talking about the, the blinkers that inhibit your, your vision. Sight. The, yeah, the, the clicky blinkers. I'm the not wink, sure winkers. We used to call winkers. Flashing lights. Blinkers for your bicycle. Yeah, flashing lights on the, on the bicycle handles to let people know which way you're turning. I thought that was quite ingenious because sometimes you can't actually... You know those the lights that come at the front from the bicycle are sometimes quite yes. hard to see. Yes. Um, another thing was the... Um, and I know this is going to warm your heart, is the, uh, the heated butter knife. Yes. So the knife heats itself up so that when you're actually scraping that butter, it doesn't become this huge task yeah, to get the butter happening. Trying to put butter on a, a frozen butter on a fresh piece of bread is always a challenge for me. And I Very stick it in the microwave, <laughs> and, and I always melt it too much, and then I end up with, with a liquid butter. Yeah, not very good, is it? Because so I'd like, to thank, I'd like to thank that inventor for that, that yeah, a great okay. idea. I'll pass it on to you. <laughs> um, solar-powered camping tents. Really great idea, and I and I was really um, impressed by the three-in-one breakfast maker, which is you can put your toast in one compartment, you can have your coffee dripping in the other one, and you can have some eggs happening on top. I thought that was quite, you know, all things happening all at once, which was a, a good thing. Multitasking for breakfast. Wow! So obviously, uh, you know, people people see these ideas, and you know, well, I suppose uh, someone like myself with the with the frozen butter, I, I never came up with a. Uh, a heated knife, but I suppose people sort of think, uh, how, do, how do we overcome that problem? Well, you know, when you look at it, when you look at the heated butter knife, really, isn't it, you kind of go, oh, well, that's a no-brainer. Yeah. 
And some people I know actually went to the trouble of heating, like putting their knives under boiling water to be able to scrape the butter. Yeah. This person has made it battery operated so that it, the battery battery inside is a heating element, doesn't heat up too high, too high, it's not a dangerous thing. But again, it's out of that necessity. It's watching what people do and going, you know what? How do we make it There's easier? Pain point. I can solve that problem. Mm. Yeah. If you and if we watch people's pain points, watch their expressions where they you know, where they're coming up to a, a stumbling block or something, watch where people are balking at, at carrying on to the next um, movement, that's where the innovation happens. That's where the creativity, the innovation comes in to solve problems that are existing already. And, of course, uh, you know, we look at so much today and, and we take it for granted, you know, like cat's eyes in the, on the road where, you know, many years ago uh, when you drove along the road you didn't have those cat's eyes. Somebody came up with that idea. That's right. So, you know, and the whole thing is you look at something and how many times do you look at a new invention and you go, oh, what did I think of that? Yes. You know, very basic, very simple. But it's not until you're in the middle of the problem and you actually recognise it as a problem and you go, I can solve this problem that you start thinking about ways to get it, get around it. Like, you know, I mean, let's go back to Jennifer Holland and throat scope. You know, holding holding the baby there, shoving this, the, the Thing down its tongue depressor and the torch down, got to be an easier way. Hey, why don't we make a, a tongue depressor that's got a light on the end of it? Yeah. Simple. Great. Well, thanks for your time again, Christina. We'll have a chat with you again next week. Look forward to it. Have a great week. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina Sikiad is there with a few great ideas and a few maybe a little bit wacky ideas, but uh, these ideas come from somebody's problem. Well, just before we have a look at a couple of our Harvard Business Review tips, I was reading uh, Inside Small Business just before I came on air, and I noticed a very important article, which was from ASIC. It says, Renew Your Business Name. ASIC is urging business owners to renew their business names or risk being cancelled. The reminder comes after ASIC cancelled more than 95,000 business names in the first half of 2015 after business name holders failed to pay their renewal notice. Business owners can search, register, transfer, update and cancel or renew a business name all in one online service at any time on ASIC, that's A-S-I-C dot gov dot A-U. So an interesting point, 95,000 business names cancelled in the last six months is quite high, isn't it? Well, let's have a look at a Harvard Business Review tip. This one is, says, stop underestimating your own influence. We persistently underestimate our influence. We don't suggest ideas to our boss or ask co-workers for help because we fear rejection. So we wind up missing opportunities because we doubt our own powers of persuasion. Yet our bosses and peers are probably more receptive to requests than we realise. We don't realise that it's usually harder for people, even bosses, to say no than yes. So the next time you have a request, remember that you're more persuasive than you think. Just ask, don't psych yourself out of it. Secondly, be direct. Don't drop hints. People respond more positively to direct requests. And then go back and ask again. Assume you shouldn't approach someone because they've previously said no. People might be more likely to say yes later, especially if they feel guilty about having said no in the past. So a couple of interesting points there, isn't there? Well, thank you very much for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we're going to chat with Tony Vidray about uh, the world of tax again. 
Have a minute on innovation with Christina Sikiotis and some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for business, the law and you at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Pythagoras once said, the oldest, shortest words, yes and no, are those which require the most thought. <laughs>